right, welcome back to the known experience. This is our first pod of 2024. That just says about how this month has been going for me and Sean right there. But we got Matt Goldstein on, a friend of Sean's from West Palm Beach, the 561. And Sean, kick us off and uh, tell us why we're here. Yeah, no, I'm I'm really excited to have Matt on the podcast. You know, I I think there are a lot of guys that I've met through the years that I respect how they do business, but they might be a little lacking in kind of self-awareness or desire to make a community better. And that's Matt. That's why we've got him here. That's why we're here. Yeah. But Matt, (laughs) he's been a good friend and he's just, he's in the place now, right? Where I think the, the worlds collide. It's the stage of life. And he's probably like, man, you're, you're, you're having me on at this point, you know, he's achieved a lot but there's a cost, right? And there's figuring out a balance, there's a tension and you feel like you're stuck even when you're killing it, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's, you know, we'll talk about it more, but I respect guys that don't ignore that tension when they're successful, right? And I think a lot of us do because because we don't know what to do with it. And Matt's not one of those guys. And so I thought he'd be a perfect fit to, to kick off this year. He's not a huge social media personality or on TV or an athlete. He's a normal business guy dealing with stuff that a lot of us do. So authenticity, man, that's what I'm about. Kind of ownership of, of where you're at. Right. And he's, he's, he's that guy. So. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. I'm happy to be here. It's been nice taking some time to, to get to know you, John and Sean. I've always had a utmost respect for you, man. And yeah. I mean, you hit the nail on the head with a lot of, you know, <laughs> I could get on here and tell you all the, all the amazing, all the amazing stories in, in life. And I've got a ton of them and I'm blessed and life, life hits you, man. And we go after what we think we want and then you get it. And you, what, 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 what do I do? What do I do with this? Right? right. And I'm not, what I won't do is act like I know much, right? I know what I know. <laughs> I, I don't yeah. know what I don't know. And I'm, I'm learning every day. Yeah. Let's let's go. I'm ready for this. You know, something we talked about in our last recap was the famous Mike Tyson quote, you know, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Sean's default is to have what are three ways I'm going to get punched in the face plan and <laughs> and operate from that and be ready to go. And it sounds like you've had, you know, life has hit you some in the last few years. I was just talking to somebody recently about how, you know, in my 20s and 30s, I just it just didn't have a collected a lot of data on the challenges of life and your forties, it starts to hit you. And then you begin to recalibrate. What's something that hit you in the face this last year? What's something where you were just cruising along and suddenly you realized life is a lot more complex than you thought? Yeah. I uh, pick one, right? So oddly (laughs) enough, I turned 41 yesterday and was at an award ceremony that used to be so exciting. I mean, that was it. Even over the money, right in my early 30s was praise me right give me yeah. this useless we, we just switched offices and i have a box of awards that are so beyond useless right they were great in the moment they drove me to yeah. do a lot to build a lot right. and and that changed over the years but i will be very honest cuz i got punched in the face and that that saying has come up in my life so much as of late right it's like the third or fourth time i've heard it in probably 3 months when life hits you with the unfixable, right? Mm. And not last Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving before this, I was one second at my house, putting up Christmas decorations. I got three young kids having a good old time and had to run to the store and busy life, not paying attention, smoked through a, a red light and got in a, a horrible, horrible car accident. We're starting off heavy. Hope that's okay. But, you know, we're going to go for it. And no, uh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know you're going to share. I wasn't going to share this. So I, yeah. I, well, I you asked me, you asked yeah. me how I got punched in the face and, yeah, yeah. you know, sure. I've been, I've, I've gotten some jabs, but this was an uppercut that to be honest, almost was almost the knockout punch. And I, I wasn't paying attention. It was, it was, it was my fault. And I, I hit another car and I found out 
a couple of weeks later that that person had had not made it. That person passed away in in the car accident. There's some other factors to it, but the in my business it's something called procuring cause, right? If you are the reason why somebody buys a home, even if they don't use you to buy that home, you are still able to get commission. And I was the procuring cause of other things that happened after that, that that person is, is no longer here. And hmm. I've had some heavy stuff happen in my life as has everybody. And this was one that there was no, there was no fixing, right? There was no, you know, there's no check to cut. There was no, in the moment, it felt like in the moments, right, for a bit, for a long time, it felt like there was no escape from it. it and I come from a sometimes I have a emotional home where shame and guilt, right, good and bad. I I this is good, this is bad, and I'll butcher this quote, but Rumi has a quote that is right. There's a pasture beyond good and bad, and I'll meet you there, and that's been very impactful for me. But it did it put me in this. I'm bad, right? See, mm -hmm. right? When you have that story growing up from whatever it is that, you know, even all the good you do, right? The community stuff, the charities, the kids, the dad, the business, the employing people, all of that stuff. But if at your core, you think beneath all this, I got you all fool, fooled, I'm bad. And something like this happens, game over. There's no, there's. there's right, no confirms game. that. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, that was a big, a big punch. And it's something that I, I'll I'll always I'll always carry, and it, it's been a journey of how do I honor his name's Trevara Servin, right? How do I how do I honor this person with my life still here? And it's been a long a long long journey filled with some some bad times, and I'm not who I am today without this happening. I'm not who I am at that moment before other bad things happen. And I could say that to people all the time. Even when I say it right now, I still, there's still this little voice in my head was like, no, you're, you're a piece of shit, right? You're on this podcast, package this up in whatever little gift you want, but you did this, right? And mm -hmm. the truth is, is I did, I made a, I made a mistake, a, a tragic one that had bigger consequences than I have ever seen. And it put things in perspective of, of universe, God, whatever you want to refer to it as, right? The, the higher power of a moment of so, it was so fucking clear of what matters. Because mm -hmm. there was moments that I thought I was going to be pulled away from my family, right? I, I don't know the law, right? Mm -hmm. I thought I'm going to go to jail for this. And it was so clear that all this shit, right? Doesn't matter. It does not matter. And if I'm going to be 100% honest, which I, I, you're realizing by now, I kind of don't know any other way. That feeling fades. The life goes on. Everybody else is still going, and it's so easy to get to get back into the the normal, right? Of of work and money and business and ego and everything else that you want to say. So I have found a way today to to revisit that tragedy, not in a poor me victimhood um kind of way uh but more of a remember right remember what's what's most important and that that's a that's a fine line that has taken some taken some some therapy some support a lot of support a lot of talking about it uh some ayahuasca uh it's it's a it's been a I'll I'll, I'll do it forever and I'm um not there to say I'm grateful for it yet but I'd like to think today as I stand here, I'm living a life that Travaris would be proud of. And for the better part of six months, I did not. Mm -hmm. I, I dealt with it okay for about three weeks and then went to some old habits, started drinking again. You know, at the same time, you know, I was supposed to have a back surgery and started abusing those. Not eh, bad enough, right? And yeah. I'm lucky. I had a you know, a very short, that was a short stint of like, what are you doing? Right. We got to face this head on or, or we're fucked. Mm -hmm. There's no other way to get through this that, other than through. So that was a punch, man. That was a, that was wow. a big one. Man. Yeah. Well, that, 
that that includes that includes everything right i i think <laughs> i had a about 10 different questions or thoughts while you're talking because it encapsulates a lot of what we want to talk about but i think it all starts with that that who you are comes from somewhere right yeah. so let's 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 backtrack real quick to what what got you into this line of business? Like, where do you come from? Right? Like, let's, let's, let's start there. Yeah, man. I'm very lucky that I like this. I like doing real estate and, and I'm, I'm halfway decent at it because I know nothing else. It was my, my dad was in the business and the only thing I lived, breathed and, you know, all I wanted to do as a kid was, was play baseball. And I was smart enough to know that a five, eight, Jewish guy from Boca Raton <laughs> only has a certain set of skills. And I used to say, my mom tells the story all the time that when, you know, people would ask you like the little kid question, right? Like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And my answer every time was, if I don't play for the Atlanta Braves, I'm going to sell houses. So that was, that was the path. That was it. My business is very different than the one my dad ran. And I think if he was here, I don't think, I know he'd be very proud of, of the business that we run. And it was it. I went to college for all the wrong reasons. I had some fun. And then when I turned 20, I, I came, I got my real estate license and 21 years later, here we are. And we, I'm proud of what we have here. We got great, I don't even call them employees, partners and growth. We got great agents that work for us. My time is, is leveraged, right? Um, uh, if there's <laughs> the normal realtor doesn't have much time off, but the way we have run this business has been, has been awesome. We've built an actual business, not just running around showing houses and hoping for the next deal to come through. But it was all, it was all I knew. I didn't, I didn't know any other path. Do you have positive, a positive memory of, of your, of your relationship with your dad or was he just running all the time? Yeah, it was, it was touch and go. I always think to myself, right? Like I think, if, if if I could visualize what I want heaven to be like before I, you know, go and do whatever I want, I want like a Google, right? I want like a Godel, right? I want to ask God, show me the memories as a kid, right? I also want like, hey, remember that time I lost my keys? What would have happened if I didn't forget my keys and I left the house, right? What, how close did I come to other tragedies? And, and, you know, did I miss the girl of my dreams or this or that or whatever? But Growing up, my dad was was very present, very present with baseball. And then my dad had a an addiction problem to money, and he never really he he never really had a ton of it. We were we were okay at points, but he would he was a guy, and I love him. We call him the Birdman. Let me preface that I love my dad. I'm closer to him now in his passing than I I was when when he was really here, and he. He just he had this way about him where he never really took life too serious. And he was a guy that drove a 40 year old truck, but was obsessed with money because it wasn't for him. He was always trying to make sure that that there was money saved, that there was going to be money for us. I think he grew up, you know, on, a, on the poorer side and, and what's passed down to you. Right. It's tough. Right. That Noah Khan song. I'm still bad at my parents for what their parents did to them. And he grew up that way. And he, he, he passed away that way. He, a couple of weeks before he passed away, he, we got very close the last year of his life. And he was more concerned about that. He wasn't leaving a nest egg behind than he was about leaving us behind. Mm -hmm. And that killed him. He, it really did. He, he did some, some shady things. He wound up going to jail when I was about 13 and that was he 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 came back much calmer right he wasn't this like super intense guy but he never it's like he couldn't find his footing again he didn't know how to discipline he didn't know what to do because they took away his his real estate license right and he was kind of floating and that made the, his mental health really really decayed and it was tough him and my mom's relationship was was really tough growing up they they fought a lot and I, I hated it. I still, if I see like people, people, people think I love confrontation because in my business, I'll go toe to toe with the best of the best. And I do, I enjoy that part. And if you mess with somebody that like I'm close with, you say something that somebody might, I will, you know, let a dog off its leash. 
but like true confrontation where there's feelings involved, man, I'm like 10 year old boy, right? Like, yeah, get, get me out of this. But again, I've been on this like 10 year journey of, of self-improvement and me and my dad are, are very similar in a lot of ways. And the older you get, the more you understand, like, and being a dad, right? You never met my kids. It's my biggest regret. I've done so much work with him not being here, which sounds, if you told me this 10 years ago, I'd be like, what are you talking about? What work are you doing with somebody that's not here anymore? But we do. I, I talked to him. I'll write him a letter here and there. I talked to my kids about him. And it was, it was, it was good. I just wish a really long uh, answer to your question. I wish I could, could source the memories of, of the baseball games and, Cause I see the pictures, right? Some VHS tapes. Yeah. I can't, I can't feel them, right? And I wish, I wish I could because I, I am, I'm. It comes a lot that I, I know today I'm making my dad proud with the dad I am, the businessman I am, and man, the amount of times, especially when he first passed away. You know, it's, it's really when my real estate career was was getting going. I just want to call him and say, hey, what do I do? What do I do with this, right? And get 1900 opinions but what your dad says you're going to trust more than anything so we we miss the bird man we talk about him often mm -hmm. my friend wrote a song about losing his brother and his mom uh, he lost them both in the month of february a few years apart but it just has this one simple line that says remembering is honoring hmm. and i can see that you remember your dad you like to remember him and honor him and uh, that's awesome yeah yeah we, we he, he's in a lot of what we do right mm. yeah men i'm gonna do it men in general are not as open especially as the past generations and i think it was really hard for my dad to say learn from my mistakes right i right. think it was more bravado and bullnose and i've learned a lot from his achievements but maybe even more from from the mistakes because i i have that in me of the you know i can obsess over money or anything but the, the when he first passed i i did i just thought okay well he was obsessed with it he just didn't have enough of it make as much of it as possible and then it was quick i hit a bottom i was making more money than i ever thought i could and it was like oh it's not about the money it's about what the money can do and that realization i remember just like, we did it right like me and you dad we're doing this together we're gonna give money away we are gonna we're gonna make our lives the best we can by lifting up others and it's just so crazy the more you give the more you get that's not why you do it but oh man is that not true it sounds like one way that you do that is in the culture that you've created with your company with your business and you said something earlier you said uh, most realtors don't have much time off. They're, they're just going, going, going. And and we've created something different. How have you done that? Like in an environment, I mean, I have a friend that's a realtor and she is during her birthday party, she had her laptop out closing deals. I'm not yeah. exaggerating. Oh, yeah. And how have you created a different environment from that where, where personal time and family time is valued in the midst of that kind of culture? Yeah. Thank you for asking it. Cause I, it, this is, I think in so, so many businesses, right, we want to control and we think that it's us that they want and we can't do it to them. And I was that. I was 80 hours a week, right, just nonstop, go, 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 go. And I, to be honest, I enjoyed it, right? Single, I was extremely, I started real estate at 20, did it during like the crazy, right, 02, 03, 04, or 0304, 2006 market went blew up and I went from tending like I was somebody, right? I had a car payment that was more expensive than my rent, right? Like, look at me, look at me, look at me. And my whole world blew up and I wound up getting out of real estate, bartending for years and then getting back into it. And I loved it. I, I, I was everything. Right. I just was, I was 30. I, I had nothing to my name. I wanted to, a lot of it was not running towards money, but running away from being broke right now that I think back on it and I wanted an identity. So I, I went for it. And then, then I had a kid and the drive to make more money was there, 
And I was very lucky that about six months in, maybe a little bit less, it was, this is not the dad I want to be. This is, this is, this is too much. Cause it was, it was all me. It was nonstop. I still to this day don't know how to say no to, to, to a deal. Right. Which I never will. Luckily we built this up, but it was that realization. And then just like anything in life, there was people that have done it before me. And luckily I'm with a great company. I hold my license under Keller Williams. And it was as simple as watching the systems and the models. Now we run our business, right? But the systems and the models can be put to, to real estate, to any business. And what the best part was, the more I say no to things, the more other people get to say yes to. And then we get to hire more people. And I remember my first hire was an admin and it was $48,000 a year. And I was like, oh my God, how am I going to afford this, right? Now this family relies on me for a paycheck and Man, that $48,000 hire was worth, I think, somewhere in the $260,000, $275,000 range in 12 months. And I was hooked. And it was like, okay, let's keep, let's keep hiring. Let's keep hiring. Let's keep hiring. And what why I really am obsessed with in a, it's, it's everything, everything has 100%, right? But 20, you know, the 80-20 rule, right? 20% of your activities will bring in 80% of the business. So continuing to take everybody's 100%, get them in the 20%, hire somebody else for the 80, then do that again and again and again and again. And then it's a life by design. And especially in a retail, right? Like, yes, it's re it's real estate, but they're calling, they're calling Matt Goldstein, right? That's who they're calling. That's who you think they'd expect. And that was my mindset forever was, right. what do you mean? Somebody else is going to show up. Somebody else is going to call them. They'll They'll use the call for you the first time, the call the second time because of the service you give them. And we started a company we're called the collective. And that name is, it, it is, it's a collective effort and the team that we've put together and it got real big. And then it, we took it smaller because for me, I want people to, I'm not going to make people get a tattoo of the collective logo, but I want them to like wear the brand, right. And be a part of the culture and know it. And now we are a, a small team. The average team size that does the amount of business we do is about 19 and we're six and we are not overworked. Right. We, we work a lot. Right. And everybody on the team has their weekends, right. When they need them, right. The admin always have their weekends, but me personally, it became, what do I want to do every day? What are the activities that I enjoy? And when you're doing what you love, the money will follow. So I've had my weekends off as a realtor for about five years now. We had two people out of town. I showed houses last weekend for the first time in about two years. And what was cool was I missed it, man. I like, I missed that, that, that like the original, what got you into the business, right? I haven't opened a door for anybody in years. And it was like, man, not that I'm going to start doing it every weekend. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. Right. Uh, right, right. But it, it's growth through other people. Right. Like that, that's it, right? Step out of your own way. There's people that can do so so much better than I can do at things that I don't enjoy doing and giving them enough leash, no micromanaging, right? Obviously, you got to inspect what you expect and giving people the right to go and make mistakes, right? If we're not making mistakes, we're not trying, we're not growing, we're not doing enough. And it's been a learning experience, right? Because leadership is a whole nother animal. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Which I've yeah. failed at many a times, right? It's it's easier when it's just you, you got nobody to disappoint, right? And that was a big part of this past year. Nobody left. I was not present. I was not the leader that I was supposed to be. Our business through six months last year after the accident did 10% of what we normally did. We were, when I came back into the office and sat people down, after six months of being off the reservation, I was physically here sometimes, but not here, definitely not as a leader. And from what we've built, we have built, not one person quit. Mm. Everybody had faith that I was going to come back. And, and I sat down in front of them, teary-eyed, I mean, teary-eyed, tears flowing. I took ownership. I apologized. And we were at 10% of what we normally do. And we, we, 
that next six months in a market that most people blame the market, man, we still did over a million dollars in six months. And the money, the money just describes what, what we are. It was who we got to become in those six months and that faith that they had in me, man, when I thought I never deserved it at a point in my life where why would anybody believe in me, man, I'll never, I'll never let these people down. Right. Mm. Listening to you and kind of circling back to what you said about your personal, like who you are inside, right? Like what, what, how you often feel, whether it's, you know, people don't really know who I am. Mm -hmm. Right. I was, I was having lunch with a friend of mine this week and talking about that very thing as a leader, right? You often find yourself confronting yourself right because you want to be you want to believe everything that you're saying right obviously but i think one of the things for me as i've gotten older is life is management of everything right it's not these it can be transformation right some people change dramatically but a lot of people it's whether it's dealing with your trauma or bad behavior or your marriage it's managing yourself your expectations the screen your your communication it's managing it all to form something that is beautiful for others and it's something you want to be right if you 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 may forever wrestle with self-worth or insecurity or a frustration and you you may always think i'm a fraud right but to me that's part of it, right? I think we, we think we go on these journeys and we have to be this person and we have to transform. And I think that's where we become delusional or hypocritical or compartmentalized because that shame or guilt around not transforming truly creates this, this fractured self where we actually move further from being authentic because we don't say, ah, you know, I'm still, I still feel like I'm packaging stuff, right? Or I, I still wrestle with this because you feel like you have to conquer it as a leader. And where do you land on that, right? As you've gone through this, these processes and you're kind of leading people, are you at peace with that kind of dissonance or, or is it something that you feel like you have to conquer and, and really be exactly who, who the words say you are? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I won't Google dissonance. I think I discerned what you meant. Uh, But yeah, man, oddly enough, I just, my sister who I love came to me probably six months before, before the accident. And she, she said, you're always reading Joe Dispenza and Tony Robbins and read Mel Robbins or Brene Brown, right? Get a woman's perspective. And I read uh, Brene Brown's book and shifted everything like that vulnerability of coming to the team and, and and even before this, I I stood in front of them and talked about my insecurities, my fears of how we got here, of where we're going. I'm nervous to push on this button. I'm doing this. And man, did we get closer because when one person, especially when you're in that leadership and I, I, I never, I never put myself on this pedestal, right? Like my ego it gets checked at the door, right? I, you know, I've been through those, right? Like John mentioned, the 20s and 30s, man, it was all this ego. Even when I felt like shit, I was still presenting like I was, you know, something special. And that changed it up for us. And that left a pathway for when it really went down, when I really got punched in the head, that I didn't have to, I didn't have to put on the front. People knew. People knew what was going on at a certain level, right? Obviously. And they knew enough. And to me, leadership is not just because you have the title of, there's a lot of leaders who who have a lot of money and, and, you know, have a lot of people underneath them. And to me, leadership is what do they say when you're not around, right? What what are they going to do when, when you're out the door, right? How do they treat your clients when you're not around? Right. And, to me, that 
was that vulnerability that executing on doing what you say you're going to do for me was it is 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 the real key and to admit man i never went to college right i got into real estate because it's all i knew people like me decent at sales i like houses never did i think that this this was going to be a a a big business right adding an extra comma right i just didn't and we're going to do this together we're we're learning we're growing right i went to this seminar and they were all talking about like P&Ls and balance sheets. And I'm like, what are you talking about? We made money last year, right? <laughs> well, what'd you net? I don't know, right? <laughs> Something. I got some money in the bank, right? I can pay I can pay my bills. And that's so much easier to say than, oh, yeah, uh, 77%, right? And just throwing a number out there, which my ego wants to do. Right. I don't want to admit I don't know anything, especially because it was so quick. Right. We went from 26 <laughs> deals a year to 178 in less oh, than wow. three, three years. Right. Wow. We went from nobody knows who we are to who, what the fuck is the collective. Right. So now yeah. I'm sitting in rooms with the top 100 realtors in the nation. And I never felt so little. But I also realized everybody in that room is talking about what they do good. Yeah. yeah. Everybody. I want, I, I want to, and I, the first time I got to speak, at, at these big events was let's talk about mistakes. You guys are here to learn. Let's talk about mistakes. Let's I love it. This, this whole, you know, we got into this room cause we're good at stuff, right? Tell me where you fucked up. But, and it's mostly men, mostly white and mostly want everybody to like them and think that they're, they're great. You're great. You got in this room, right? I feel like I shouldn't even be here. I have no idea how I got here. And it is that, that posturing that I know because I am you, right? But conversations like this, this is this is the the meat and potatoes of men, the like what we're going through, right? Mm -hmm. Because we have this like vulnerability to us is is oddly enough, our last team meeting was about vulnerability, and I was in marriage counseling with my wife, and to me, like when I'm vulnerable, I go real soft, and you know I'm. I'm open to talking. We're, we're in this in counseling and, and she, her tone is high and her hands are going there. And she said the F word. And I was like, I'm being so vulnerable. She's like, I'm being vulnerable. I'm like, what are you talking about? You're not being vulnerable. She's like, this is me vulnerable. And I'm like, what are you? And I realized, oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. And I hated that I had to admit it. I was like, I have conditional vulnerability. Yeah, like right. you need, you yeah, need this to. Is what it looks like, yeah, yeah. you got to meet my vulnerability yeah. where it is, right? Yeah. And then I thought to myself, right, <laughs> as a gender, right, I think vulnerability for a man is is stepping into his feelings, and for my wife and many, possibly any women, right, it's stepping out of their feelings, right, because right. they're they're more comfortable there, yeah. and and we all communicate different. It's, I forget what movie it is where the guy says, "You think we're yelling, and I think we're just starting to communicate," and that's. We got to understand there's a great book, a little promo here called Wire, Wired for Love, better connecting with your partner by understanding their attachment styles and, and how their brain works. And it is, we think differently and we think we're at odds when we're really just approaching it in different ways or communicating in different ways, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe I have some scars about confrontation between a married couple too, right? Mm. <laughs> it's possible right. that I I bring that to the table, right? Yeah, yeah. And and that's leadership, right? You don't need to own a company to be a leader, right? It's admitting you're wrong, taking a step back, and and I'm not the best at it when it's my it's my wife, right? And she's brought that up, right? Yeah. Tr treat me like you like when your yeah. employees come to you, right? And it's like ah oh, fuck that one stings, right? Yeah, I get that. I get yeah, that. yeah, and I, I don't know. I honestly don't know why it's so much harder to do. That's still a tough one. I feel you on yeah. that. So we're on the we're on this trajectory, right? Of of kind of awakening, coming through the storm, pushing through, success, building a team. But I also know, right? Mm -hmm. Like from our from our discussions, there's still a lot of questions. Yeah. Right. So when you're in a position, and I found myself in this, we've talked about this, right? So when you when you're good at something, when you're successful, when you have others relying on you, family, employees, you you bear that weight of 
maintaining course, right? It doesn't matter what you're feeling. Ultimately, this is successful. This is what you know. This is what you do. This is how you provide, right? The, a lot of the peripheral stuff, you know, time or meaning or purpose, you, I tend to push away, right? I'm like, okay, I just got to stay the course. So for you, as you've, as you've blown through all this, where, how has your trajectory changed? Or do you feel like you're kind of locked into what you're doing and now it's just, it's either refocusing within that trajectory. So you see things you didn't see. It's making a little bit more room in that trajectory because it's created a good life or has a trajectory changed and you have a new plan. Does that all make sense? Yeah, hundred percent, man. It's 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 where I've been for a couple of years now, right? Yeah. And I am a man of extremes, right? Like all or nothing, right? Blow yeah. it up, blow it all up, right? Move to Colombia, which I've done a ton of research on. First, it was Costa Rica, then it was or first it was North Carolina, then it was Costa Rica, then it was Colombia. Now yeah. it's back to North Carolina, right? I think success is boring. I know success is boring. It doesn't look boring on social media, right? It doesn't look boring when you can go on lavish vacations and you can buy whatever you want. The day-to-day, the, the you know, you go to an NBA game, right? Before the best basketball players in the world, what are they doing before every single game? Layups. Boring, right? They're not doing 360 <laughs> dunks, right? Yeah. It, yeah, just, right, just shooting, oh, shooting, shooting, shooting. Free throws, right? Layups, layup lines. My son does layup lines, right? He doesn't play basketball, but if he did, he would do a layup line. And I am one for excitement. And mm. I have like a three-year loop, right? I think most people, there's a book about it. I don't know what it's called, but most people are on a seven-year loop. I'm on a three-year loop where, but things are so good. So so how do you do it, right? Like, how do you, how do you leave it? And- this came to light for me during COVID like COVID hit and I felt this relief of pressure. Like I have, I haven't felt in years and it was like real estate was closed. You couldn't show houses. You couldn't close deals. The real estate world wound up going absolutely insane. But if you were in real estate, our world was over. It was, and I was, yes. It's going to go to shit and it's not my fault. Mm. It's not on me. Right. And I got to stay home and play with the kids and we found different things to do. We were still drawing and scratching and trying. We started dance parties for parents to take a break at noon on on Zoom to connect with our database and, and build that community. And it was fun. And, and that to me, it really shifted some things around. Right. That's when we hired more. Right. And I realized, oh, man, I, I kind of like this work from home thing. And for me, at least, it's it's a pull. Right. Like You never really know. You know, I, I question myself a lot of, well, what else? Right. Like the what the grass is always greener. This is all I ever knew. Like, that's my story. But what if I had a different story? What if I said, I'm going to find out something else? Right. Am I too old? How do I give this up? Our expenses are this much. I can't leave it, right? The golden handcuffs, right? And I question that. And I'm, as we sit, as right now, I don't know if I'm, I love it. I love it. And it would be a disservice to give it up. And I would never do it to my team where how do we keep this? And that's why we've gotten smaller, right? Because the goal was number one, like that was it, right? Once I realized I'm pretty good at this and we took such a big leap, it was like, okay, we're going to be number one. And we got to number four. And I, nothing against you if you see this, teach his own. But I met three, two, and one. And I was like, we're number one. I want nothing. <laughs> I don't want what you have. I just don't. I don't want it. So that changed perspective again. So now the whole goal is to build the team out where I can do it from anywhere. Mm-hmm. Right? And I've got the the best man, my, my admin, my lead agent, who is now in the, we do, right. I do, we do, you do, right. He can step in. I'm hiring a new coach. I had an interview yesterday and that was why, why do you want a new coach? 
because I want to be able to do this from anywhere. Where are you going to go? I don't know if I'm going to go, but I want to be able to. Mm. And to me, that freedom, that freedom that I can, I think will, yeah, there's a certain acceptance of who you are. Like we do all this work, like we're always working on Matt, but there's a certain thing of like, I do want change. I do like excitement. I do want to mix things up. But then when it comes to it, do I really want to, right? So give me the freedom that I can. And then I think I'll, I'll have truth for myself. But when it comes down to it, it always gets corrected when I'm not serving me. It all goes away. It's only there when it's like, well, what? Do, how much money do I want to make? How how many, how many cars do I want? I only have one. I don't need more than one. But when I'm out to serve, the worry goes away, right? The universe has my back. It's going to provide. Everything always works out for me. I'm perfect, whole, and complete as I am. And then opportunity presents itself. So it's a it's a constant, man. I got to get back into that three, four times a day and becomes more habitual. But it is. It's it's, And people will tell you you're crazy, right? And I've told you a million times, man, like that you left good on you, man. Cause that's like, that's not easy. That is you're jumping off the cliff. And I remember we had so many conversations and I remember that one question I asked you of like, what was it like? And I don't know how I worded it, but what was it like to not be important anymore? Like you sat in that chair all the time and people walked in, they knew who you were. And it just, it wasn't even that you're, you just had something to do with people, you know, and you had purpose. And you did give back to the community and you were making money. Everything was aligned. Money can happen anywhere, but to go somewhere and just be Sean and dad scares the shit out of me. Right? Yeah. Right. No, it should. John experienced the same thing, right? Had a, had a very similar hard break from, from his position, but no, it should, because it's, it, I don't, I don't know if you can ever fully really know your conviction or your true purpose or your belief in your vision or path until you don't have the luxury of going back to work the next day and receiving that. Right. I think that, uh, you know, we've talked about this. I never anticipated even now, you know, I got this, this guy messaged me on LinkedIn. He used to be a customer at subculture and I don't even remember him. And he messaged me two days ago and he's like, Hey, you came up in conversation with somebody. You're still a legend around here. People still talk about you. And even in that moment, I was like, man, I miss that. Mm-hmm. You know, like I miss I'm like, wow, I don't know. I don't know who this guy is. People are talking about me still there. And here it's been a purposeful, even with this new business. It's not, you know, John knows this. And I don't, don't mean don't mean to, but I don't want to get back into that because it'll it's I don't want that to motivate me. Right. And that then that's dishonoring yourself and all the work you've done or I've done over the past three years. Right. Mm-hmm. I could do that, but it'll be a dishonor to myself. And it doesn't put me back or in the place that I want to be in the future. And it may come, right? Like success brings what it does, right? Just like you said, I've, I've, with the team here, it's, they're the focus, Mm -hmm. not putting me at the center of it. You know, like I'm, I'm integral for daily operations. I'm not actually, you know, and, and it's amazing though. Like that freedom, that's what I want, right? But that's what kind of, it goes back to the part of the conversation. The ego of me still wants really bad. It's still knocking at the door. Like mm-hmm. you could have this other part too. Yeah, You could, right? You're building a team. Your business is killing it. You just have to start having those meetings, right? And you could, you could have it all. It's, and it sounds ridiculous, but it's a daily fight, yeah. you know? Yeah. Good yeah, you know, uh, Sean, was it your son who asked you what does it mean to be famous, or was that Jay's? You have a blank look. I'm guessing it was Jay's yeah. son. <laughs> it's a really fascinating question, right, for a yeah. kid to ask. They just heard the word famous, and they're like, "What's it mean to be famous?" Mm. And he's like, "Well, it means you know that some people know who you are, and you're important to them." And he said, "Dad, are you famous?" 
He's like, well, in some places I kind of am, you know, in my work sometimes, like people know who I am. And, but then I go to a grocery store and I'm not famous, nobody, but it's such a fascinating question. And even like, why is it important? And why do we put value in it? And I've, I've had a community facing role where, you know, you're the guy that most places you go to eat, you know, somebody knows you and it's not uncommon for somebody to pick up your tab for you. And that, that does feel good, but man, if you go dig down deep and ask yourself why, and is it important? Is it valuable? You know, Matt, what you were describing, I think maturity is realizing what you really want. So like the first few decades of working, maybe a couple decades, you think you want one thing. <clears throat> and I think to that quote, Jim, Jim Carrey said, I wish everyone could be famous for a day. So they realize it's not yeah. what they want. Right. I Probably one that. of the most dangerous things is to spend your whole life wanting something that's not valuable, but never achieving it because you never get to a point of realizing it's not what you want and you just keep striving for it. And in some yeah. ways like that success is actually that yeah. the, 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 the disappointment that comes with that kind of success is, is helpful. Like it's like, like our friend said on a previous podcast, like awareness is not a giver of solace it's a disturber and an awakener hmm. and and when you get that success you wanted there's an awareness that comes with it of oh this is disturbing because I, I did not find the happiness i thought would come with this mm -hmm. I, I i've been struggling with uh and i'd like to hear your your take on this um does winning motivate you does purpose motivate you or does failure motivate you like not not wanting to be a failure you know and I, I think one of the things that that i i've struggled with is you think oh you know i do things because of purpose or because again of just benevolent intent or whatever it is but i think that the reality of a lot of my motivations is i don't want to be a failure right i don't want to be looked at as a failure in business. I don't want my wife to think, oh, he was cute. He tried, but he mm -hmm. failed a lot. Uh, I don't want my kids to be like, oh, dad was okay, but he kind of failed, right? Like that, that sense or possibility of failure is a huge driver for me. It's actually not success or winning or purpose if I'm real about it. So I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I mean- Winning has always, it's, it's just been everything it's been. And, and the, the fight, right. My fight yesterday was the first time in seven years that somebody in our, in our County here did more business than us. And I, I, with every ounce of me did not want to go to this inspirational breakfast, right. To get second place. <laughs> right. I just did not want to do it. And I knew that voice inside of me was like, no, you go, right? You go. It was, you know, it it was, it's not even humbling. It's like, get over yourself, bro, right? Show up for your team, right? Do what you say you're going to do, right? And get over it. And at the same time, right? Like somebody came up to me and I, I'm just being honest here. They're like, oh, you know, second place. There's a first time for everything. And I immediately, no filter, ego well there's a last time for everything too i'll see you next year and i was like oh why would you say that we're not growing right but we're, we're again we're, fa we're fallible <laughs> yeah, and that's great and that's driven me to so much and to be honest right we're gonna get there we're, we're not gonna finish second next year but we're gonna do it our way i'm not gonna not go home at night i'm not gonna not you know there's nothing wrong with with winning what are you willing to sacrifice? Lisa Leslie was the the speaker there. And she talked about everything that she sacrificed and she got a hell of a resume, man. Right. And that was a question that I think is, is important for everybody is yeah. here's my goal. And if it's big, which I think it should be, what are you willing to sacrifice? And if you're not, then lower it. It's no, no harm in that. Right. It's a, it's a life by design. I'm not scared of failure as long as nobody knows. 
right? Those... <laughs> that's hilarious, right? Right. I love that. Those I can do it in the dark. Um... There you go. That that's yeah, that's me, right? Yeah, yeah, percent. Right. And that's it. And I, I've I've failed so many times that I've gotten much better with it on the small side, but but the big side, man, like that. If I come back with my tail tucks between my legs, that's the that's the ultimate failure. So I think, but I'm smart enough to know the ultimate failure is not trying, right? And I don't I don't think people give enough purpose to what they're good at, and I'm one of them, right? Because mm-hmm. I'd be like, I don't have any purpose. This is just all I know. And to give myself some credit, we've done a lot of good with with what we're good at, accentuating our strengths, right? Yeah. Leveraging out our weaknesses, and you know, you and you know what I know from John, you guys seem very purposeful, right? To switch your career up, John. I mean, that's like, I mean, literally on a pedestal, right? <laughs> like, you know, not easy to do. I hope my hope for myself is to find winning on a more simpler level for me. Mm. Continue to do that not need somebody else to say hey you won you won right 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 here's a here here's a here's a plate to tell you you won right <laughs> and a, and a piece of crystal right that i know i won and yeah, right. that i teach my kids failure is the only way go fuck things up go go mess things up and find out what you really want get your heart broken I think when you look at the winning thing, like for example, you're talking about this breakfast you went to, you know, when we let that drive us, we're actually letting they're in control. Their scorecard is what's in control. I'm serving your scorecard. I'm serving your, what you say is important. And I'm trying to measure up to what you say is important where, you know, we could, you could go back to your team and say, you know, if you're, if you aren't spending the time with your family that you need to, if you're not finding joy in your work, if we're not doing good work for people and helping them, then we're not in first place. I don't care what the scorecard, what their scorecard says, you know, mm-hmm. I think that's important for any organization. That's where you really, I mean, if your values and your mission statement aren't just something, you know, that you ripped off from a inspirational billboard, they really can drive. Okay. This is our scorecard. If we did $50 million this year and it wasn't with kindness and respect and honor, then we failed. We lost, yeah. right? Nailed it. I like that. I like that. There's their scorecard. Well, I want to respect your time, man. I, we've covered a lot today, but this is exactly what I was hoping it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> I was unsure what it was going to be. I didn't know if we were going to be. Uh, I had no idea. And that's my favorite part is that. Let, yeah. And you didn't even ask. Some people, yeah. some, some people ask. I, I often don't like putting an agenda or a list of questions uh, you, you didn't get him a contract with all the ndas and the <laughs> yeah. disclaimers and all of that no yeah. not yeah I didn't, I didn't send it but okay. uh, yeah i appreciate it man you know we'll have your the, the collective links in our show notes but but they'll be there you know matt again no, he's down in, it. he's down yeah. there in south florida west palm beach delray boca that whole area doing his thing so we yeah. appreciate everyone listening we look forward to this year we've got a, a i've got a few guests that not even john doesn't know yet but they're on board so really good content and it's again it's not about wowing you with their celebrity it's just about everyday people that are walking through it and willing to be known to know others and have that curiosity that's what we're about here at the known experience podcast so for john for matt thank you so much thank you guys i appreciate it and have a great week all we'll see you next time